Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of For All Hair Types podcast with myself, Mahogany. And um, this week, we're missing Marcy, but I have two incredible people. You already know our producer, Taylor, who's joining in to uh, help me welcome our wonderful guest, Corey Bacon. He is a barber, cosmetologist, all-around badass hairdresser, an amazing educator, and just like somebody who I think has a really great inspirational thought process when it comes to looking at the industry that we are currently in. Um, And today we're going to be talking about just kind of the, uh, we're going to be expanding out from behind the chair and going on into like more like sets, right? So um, photo shoots, uh, TV shows, movie sets, and just like the, 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 the thought process behind where it is that we stand now um, on creating a diverse and more well-represented backstage for hair and makeup, right? Like, I think that that's something that we have all had thoughts about, but we, we've not really been talking about it as much as we could be. And so... In the vein of just this amazing little podcast we're putting together, I just want to have a conversation about like what you guys think we are, where we're at right now, and what do you think we can do moving forward to like advance that thought process. So I want to welcome Corey. I'm going to give Corey, I'm going to give this to Corey right off the bat. Like, Corey, why don't you do do me a favor and just kind of give us like a quick little background about about your career and, and why... Why is it that you're like excited and a part of the the growth process about like working on set and the diversity that needs to be there? Hey, great. Cool. So, um, you know, I, so my backstory is it, it seemed like it was just the other day, but it's such a long time ago. I walked into a barbershop uh, when I was 15, 14, something like that in New York City to get a specific cool haircut that was trending at the time. And I got jacked like for a long, <laughs> for a long, for a long time. I used to blame the barber. But I realized it kind of was my fault because I just went into some random and this old white guy was in there smoking a cigar and I asked for the haircut and he said, sure. And he just jacked me up. Um, That led to me crying about my haircuts. My mother buying me a pair of uh, clippers out of Woolworths, which I don't know. Yes, Woolworths. Knows what Woolworths is. Corey Woolworths. Yeah, way Woolworths back. Was yep, I'm familiar. Place. It was. It was the, it was the Walmart is. of our day. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Walmart of those days, um, and uh, I started cutting my own hair. Got really good at it. Started cutting friends' hair. Uh, uh, finished high school. Went to uh, school for. Uh, music production and entertainment. That's what I thought I was going to do. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, it's all who, you know, and all this stuff. Um, and a lot of non-paid gigs and stuff like that. And at the same time, I wanted to, uh, you know, go out on my own. So a friend suggested I go work in a barbershop. Um, and I went into this barbershop that was like this rough, 
tough barbershop in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, that was my first experience. Um, it was scary, but I got paid good. And I kind of ran with that. And I just started um, working in random barbershops and salons that would hire me without no, um, without any license. And then I came back to Massachusetts and, you know, started doing the same thing. And some people encouraged me to go to hair school. Hair school, I went to, enjoyed it, uh, really pushed the threshold of my uh, instructors for me to learn more diverse because by this time, uh, diverse hair, because by this time I had already worked well, um, African-American hair, uh, and I was comfortable with it. And I just pushed the threshold to learn more about white hair, Asian hair, Indian hair, and anything but African-American hair. Um, so I came out of school. I think the first place I worked at was, uh, was a black barbershop and then I left there and I went and worked at a white salon and I was the first black guy that worked there and they used to let me know all the time you're the first black and I was just like come on mm. um Wait, Corey, which is on really strange because that was a re- yeah what year was that that you were the first black yeah, I'm, did I tell you and, oh, that, and that was during the OJ Simpson trial it was oh, during no. the OJ Simpson trial <laughs> yes no. So every day we would have OJ on the radio and they'd be like going on and on and on. And I remember one day I just lost it. Like, I, left, I don't want to hear enough about this OJ shit. They were like, oh, my God, calm mm-hmm. down. And I was like, no. Oh, my God. I remember I this, mean, uh, oh, this. I had shaved. No, I was growing my beard out. I was growing my beard out. And uh, this old white guy who used to come there all the time, and he came up to me and he was like, you're growing your beard. I was like, yeah. He's like, you look so much better without it. <laughs> he said, you haven't, you, this makes you look like a monkey. And I was just like, <gasps> what? I wanted to like punch this old white guy in the face. Anyway, oh so God. that was my, but, but I'm still good friends. I'm still good friends. It was Italian family. It's Diorio's. I don't know if you guys know Diorio's, but um, it wasn't the, the family. It was like some of the clients down in Shrewsbury, Massachusetts can be like that, even still. Like sure, when I was back sure. home, I remember Anywhere. driving through Shrewsbury and I saw the, the pickup trucks with the Confederate flag. And I'm like, this is Massachusetts. Oh like, what are you doing? Like, right. Shrewsbury, like we come are on. here. <laughs> no, we, are we have the, the same North. thing in Minnesota. We're like, dude, the Mason Dixon line is a little south. It's a little, a little south, south, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's crazy. Um, so anyway, fast forward, I ended up having my own place uh, years later, uh, training uh, staff. I used to really like to get, um, you know, uh, new recruits out of school, um, show them the ropes. And uh, I uh, remember MySpace, I had met, met a young woman on MySpace that was a hairdresser. And she was like, you need to come to this uh, focus event for color and i was just like i don't know what is it like it's a, it's a paul mitchell and i was like oh well, you know i know a little bit about paul mitchell i used to love the, you know um you know the uh it was it was uh freezer shine mm-hmm. and uh the uh all, all the old classics that i had learned about uh at the oreos and this other salon so mm-hmm. this woman got me to go to a focus salon um i mean a focus event for color and uh i fell in love with the whole system um, start, I became a focus salon, started having educators come to my salon to teach all this. One of the educators, you know, Erin um, Gregg, uh, was like, you should be an educator. So she encouraged me. Uh, she was one of my first mentors. That kind of 
got me all through um, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, New Hampshire, up there with uh, Taylor and uh, the rest of the crew from um, <laughs> the Sullivan the Sullivan Brothers and the Sullivan Beauty. And um, from there, that I started branching out. And I, you know, I was thinking about moving to the West Coast anyway. So um, me and another Paul Mitchell uh uh, colleague of Randy Yano, uh, we had did some things in Canada and I was talking to him about moving to California and he was like, well, would you ever think about coming to Victoria? So I had been to Victoria, BC and, um, I decided to, you know, um, come here and help him start his Tommy guns franchise. That was about two years ago. Um, I've since moved on and now, um, and on, I'm on the mainland about, 20 minutes outside of Vancouver um, through all of this um, through all of the uh, challenges that I've had living here in BC through COVID changing employees, employers um, you know just learning about the immigration process all these things um, I was talking to somebody and they were just talking about how much uh, how many things are filmed here and I I was just like really and they're like yeah a lot of stuff is filmed here you should you should go into it and i was like okay and i kind of thought about it i mean i love movies and entertainment and all that stuff like i said i wanted to go to school for music and production right. and entertainment so it's kind of something that i've always like it was like a thing that i always like i loved but felt like it was past my time <laughs> So they was pretty much said, you know, you should uh, join, you know, join this group on Facebook and, uh, you know, tell them that you want to, that you're interested. Now, I got to rewind. About eight years ago, I was going to try and do the same thing in back home in Massachusetts. And uh, when I started trying to get to find, so you got it, it's all, it's mostly union. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yep. So when I started back in Massachusetts to try and contact and get involved with the union, no crickets, just crickets everywhere. Okay. Like you really got to know somebody. It's kind of ridiculous. And um, so maybe that was even longer than seven years ago. That might have been maybe 10 years ago. Okay. Um, so when they're telling me here about just going on this Facebook group, I'm just like, yeah, okay. right totally that's not been your experience in the past why would it be your experience now yeah i'm just gonna go on facebook and be like yeah i want to get the movies and they'll be (laughs) like sure but you know what i go into the facebook group and um here's another testimony about social media so i have you know we've talked about you know, the love-hate relationship with social media and stuff like that. Yes. But since my Facebook and my Instagram and my Twitter looks like I have no other life but hair. <laughs> Indeed. But I went to this group and I'm like, hey, I want to get it. The people look at my Instagram and look at my, and they're like, yeah. So I'm just, I just was like blown away that there's uh, the network that they have here in Vancouver, I mean, I guess I'm not surprised it is tightly knit, mm-hmm. but there is a willingness for them to say, hey, come on in, unlike my experience 10 years ago in Massachusetts. Now, I don't know if that's because it's Canada, if it's sure. British Columbia, 
Sure. Or if it's just that it's been 10 years and things have changed or, um, yeah, if it's those two things. But I do know that um, there's a lot of opportunities. So then when I started really investigating it, I'm like, oh, wow, like there's so many shows like the Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, uh, Disney Plus, yeah. you know, all the streaming services. Um, Netflix alone, the the series that they that they filmed their Netflix original, like mm-hmm, 60% mm-hmm. of it, I believe is filmed in British Columbia. Wow. wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. And, so a, and they're, like, they've got a diverse group of shows that they're making. It's not yeah. just like right. one, they're not one group or another. That's cool. So here's where the whole diversity thing comes in. They don't have a lot of people that can do people of color's hair. So they're mm-hmm. doing all these diverse shows. Mm-hmm. Right. They're doing all these and they don't have a lot of people that can do it. So so the people looking at me like, hey, you know, you should really come along. I'm like, I'd love to. My status is is the thing that's got me uh, on the fence. So sure. I'm waiting my status. That has a lot to do with COVID. COVID's got thing sure. on pause. Yep. So I'm, I'm so I'm like in a holding pattern. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Well, one thing that I've learned, so I, I, I got introduced to Camille Friend and she has this whole, um, she has Hair Scholars, which is a um, pretty much a webinar series that of coaching that she shows you how to get involved in the hair industry. Doing, I mean, I'm sorry, in the TV and film doing hair and makeup. So um, I've done all my prerequisites uh, with like, there's some college courses you got to take movie production and uh, movie production, movie industry production orientation. Wow. Movie product. No movie production industry orientation, MPIO course. Um, so thanks to COVID, I was able to sit down and do all this stuff. Like, um, totally. because if I was working, I'd be like, Oh my God. Like, especially the past few weeks when we had all those texture trainings and all that stuff, there's no way I would have been able to get the course in. Right. So I did all that. And then I met a uh, Camille friend and one of the things that she's expressed and one of the things that she's like all about is the representation and hair and makeup. So then I'm like, then I really get interested. I'm like, so what do you mean? She's like, so me and her have had a couple conversations. She was like, there's no one that can do that that is doing afro she said she was coming here doing classes on set to train some of the people on how to work with some of the afro hair so wig placements i mean you know she's done black panther she's done dream girls she's done uh all these all these different shows on movies and you know so she's uh connected with warner brothers and all this stuff and she's like started helping me like see the path on how to get there and um i'm not gonna lie so you asked me what what got me excited to want to do it Mm -hmm. is the benefits from the union and then also the pay so the pay yeah the pay is pretty good um we just went through this thing in our last well i just ended the second um series of courses that we had and there was a uh there was a partner where she shows us how to do 
wig rentals to the production. Okay. So, so you do your own individual, but you have to be the head of department. So it was the head of department course, the head of department course where you go in and you're running the whole hair for the whole production, right? Which is a little intimidating, but it's exciting <laughs> because you actually get involved with creating. Yeah, you get involved. Uh, you you get involved with um, creating the look with production and the directors, right? From the script all the way down to the background, right? But I was blown away. Just she's like, you're the only one who really got excited about the wig rental and the whole out of everybody in the course like, <laughs> <laughs> because. So if you, if I had my own collection of wigs that I, I don't got to make them. And this is the thing. People think you got to make them. Because I'm like, I don't want to learn how to, I, I know how to do it, but I don't really want to do it. No, you don't yeah, got to make them. No, I'm you good. have a collection, you have a collection. And then when you're head of the hair department, you write it into your contract that you, you use your, your um, wigs for background. So up to like 200 wigs. Whoa. And if you could make, I'm not even going to lie, like an additional like, like four or five grand a week <laughs> on top of the salary that you're already making. Okay, so here's what I love about this is, one, you are filling a need that is entirely like, in, entirely, fo- like we are focused on this need in almost right. every single aspect of our lives currently, as right. far as like having representation, having that like people who look at, like you working on you, as well as people who are just like trained to work on all types of hair. Like we're called for all hair types for a reason. Like I love that idea. Right. Like that's like an amazing thought process. Um, but I also love that like you get and paid to do good because I feel like all too yeah. often. Folks who are like doing the damn thing, who are doing it right, who are like working towards like building equity can be also like asked to do things for like very little money or to yes. like just like be an assistant until you earn your legs. Like I love yes. that Camille is not only giving you guys the information, but she's giving you the access and like teaching you how to do it on your own. I, lo- I love yeah. this. And I love, and I just, I love her to death because one, she's like, it's you try to get y'all paid. She said like, you right. should get paid. And two, she took like she like I I would I'm all about it. So I met this I I got a chance to go on set and visit and I met a couple people and they introduced they invited me to come and and, and work with them when when I'm ready. Um and one of them was like all about Camille, all about Camille. And this this is right before I met her. Mm-hmm. And now I know why, because Camille gives it all up. She, she yep. she's a natural educator like we are. Like mm-hmm. she'll she'll tell you, she'll teach. And um since meeting her and since I've recognized that some people that I do know is working in the industry in the hair industry and they don't tell. Yep. It's like they're they're keeping it. Mm. And one of my buddies would be talking about, oh, how to be a million dollar barber, how to do this, do this. And he does these seminars. And I was like, are you telling people how to work on set? That's how you got that house. And that's how you got that boat. And that's how you Mm. got that. You did get it by teaching the seminars because we know the seminars are the hard way. Like that's, that's like, you have to have some passion. You didn't get that boat from 
anyway, I don't want to go off on that. So, because <laughs> if I talk too much, somebody might listen to it and be like, oh, he's talking about him. Anyway, so um, <laughs> that's what I love about Camille. We're going to keep it positive. Exactly. It positive. exactly. That's what I love about Camille. She really, um, she really gives you everything you need to know. And she says this, and this is what, so this, so, okay. So then I started getting fascinated. I'm just like, this is, this is crazy. This is like BC is nuts. BC is bananas. Like you could just come and you could go jump and you meet the people and they say, please come help. They they have flooded, right? And then taking an MPIO course, I learned why. It's because of tax breaks and all this stuff that BC gives the film industry. So they come up here and they, they love coming up here, right? Um so with all that in mind, now me being the natural educator, now I'm start trying to talk to other barbers and hairstylists. I'm just like, hey, you know, you should do this is what you say. And they're like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's long hours. Sometimes you got to stand outside and it's raining. And sometimes and I'm just like. I'm like, like okay. oh, <laughs> right. oh wait, that's right. You haven't you haven't done anything. I'm coming from the perspective of I had the shop. I had two shops. I had nine employees. Mm-hmm. I've done and I've been in salons. I've talked to all the hair, all the other salon owners. We've kind of right. like we commiserated together like, yeah, this is so bad. But you know, what <laughs> I mean, but when it's right, it's right. And when yep. it's wrong, it's just going to kill yourself every day. And how many hours you put into your salon and how many hours. And I'm just like, oh, they it's. And I've learned a new lesson about trying to teach people things, which is some, most people, if they have no reference point to what good or bad is, you can't, Mm. like the good doesn't, they have no Mm. relativity to it, right? Yeah. So, and I'm saying that because like I've worked with one chain and then now I'm working at another chain and, you know, they'll complain about the money and this, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, this is not my only gig. Like I'm working right. here on my days off. I'm doing online classes. I'm doing videos. I'm doing so like, yeah. you should do these other things to make the income because working in this specific business model, like chatters, your income is going to be low and then you're counting your tips all the way and then i say well why don't you go work on set like you have everything you need oh i don't know and i'm just like what <laughs> you're like but, but why like, though boo <laughs> but then i'm like that's right because they look at okay i'm gonna spend 12 hours on set and when they were at the shop like chatters or 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 like a Tommy guns or floyd's or 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 like a supercuts or something like that like you pretty much get fed these clients right so that takes away from a lot of stress of the job and then they when they clock out they clock out and they don't count the hours that's in between like they don't mm-hmm. count the full work day they clock they count when they walk in the door and when they walk out of the door Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hairdressers are not a stranger to a 12 hour day, no matter what. Like, like, that is ridiculous. 12, 12 hours all the time. Like 12 hours is just 12 yeah. hours. Like that's what it is. <laughs> but I love that. Like, I love that you're, I think what it is too, that I think is really cool about this is it's not only an exploration of your own 
career and your own wants and needs, but it is also like in line with serving like the person that you are as far as like what your stance is on like, yo, we need more diversity in the world. Like we need, we need, we need more representation. And I think that sometimes when we are on those paths, specifically in the beauty industry, we can be met with some pretty intense, like ignorance, right? Like, and then nine times out of 10, it's well-meaning, whatever, but like, it's, it's just because they haven't experienced it yet. But I love that, like, you're able to continue to like, grow your own career in this way that is expanding and helping other people see like that. Yes, we have all of these diverse shows. We have all of these crazy different movies coming out, but yet we still have models and actresses and actors who are coming to set and having to do their own hair or Mm -hmm. having to have it done before they come. Um, Makeup too. Yes. yes. Or bring their own makeup. Yeah, yes. Taylor, you are not wrong. Like, I think yeah. that that piece of it is really like, I love on, on a personal level, because you're my homie, like, I love seeing you make that dollar. I love seeing you feel good about your, yeah. your, your movement. Like that to me is so wonderful. And also as your colleague, I'm like, hell yeah, get it, make your money and show them what we're working with. Because I think that that is, that is such an important piece of, um, and, and just like how you had to like, get to know somebody in order to like be a part of this like to me that is um that is totally the nature of our of our business like whether you're a salon owner or an educator like it's who you know and like how you move through but like you're also then taking it to a totally different level by like finding out who you know like who do you want to know and how do you want to know them and how do you want to like how do you want to take the gift that you have and the gift that you've honed and like serve it up in this like way that helps other people feel seen like behind the chair. We all know, like we can cut somebody's hair color, somebody's hairstyle, somebody's hair, and it looks great. And we get that instant moment of gratification, right? Like, damn, they know they look good. I know they look good. We all look good. Woo-hoo! But like, you're now giving it to like actors and, and models to to go do their job right. Like you're helping them prep for their job when in fact, like, I mean, myself, I've done a lot of fashion shows locally through in Minnesota. And I think that one of the biggest things that one of the biggest reasons why people asked me to lead lead their hair teams was because I did have a really great, you know, skill set that, that provided, like I could work with anybody's hair basically. And I'm a damn anomaly in this moment at the time now i'm not so much an anomaly now we have a lot more we have a lot more stylists who have gone out to find that education and i think that maybe that's the ticket here like stylists like Corey, you had to go out and find that education we had to go out and find the uh, the ways for us to show up like that and even educators who don't have like an and 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 stylists who don't have like the the education background to do all that hair they don't even know where to go to find out how to do different types of hair because we have brands coming out with classes and, 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 and trainings and this and that. And like, that's wonderful. But like, where does the average hairdresser go to like, learn how to do hair? Like say they do want to go on set. Like, would you recommend them going? Would you recommend them joining the Facebook group just even to learn like anyone like learning how to do all different types of hair like where would you what would you recommend for somebody like that so this was the last this 
some of the conversations in the last topics we had in our last um, classes. And, you know, it's, uh, it's almost just like, it's, it's just like the salon. It's just like the salon where it's like, Mahogany, you know, if somebody came to work in your salon or your studio, what are the two things that would be more important to you as them as an employee? Oh, my gosh. I mean, the two most important things. Well, yeah, you'd have to be able to work with everybody's hair. That, that'd probably be the first one. And you got to be a kind person. You just got to be cool. All right. So this is the thing that they said is important. I was like, yep, that's, that's true. Attitude, being yep. kind and considerate, and then flexibility and adaptability and able to be able to be taught. So, mo- so here's that. the thing. Um, <laughs> So the skill sets of actually doing the technical work, yes. Um, being able to go out there and um, do uh, learn uh, multi-texture hair, learning uh, different techniques, that's always um, a good thing. But this is one thing that um, they brought up, is that when it comes to productions, there's always a look. Yep. Right? So the things that that you might need really could be shown to you if you have a basic skill set, but you're able to be taught so that you could be able to be shown, okay, this is how we want this done. This is how you do it. And this is how the end result should be. Okay. No, totally. Totally. Right. So, um, of course, yes, they should have some basic knowledge of, um, this is what blows me away about it. I'm like, well, people say, well, I'm not good with, you know, cutting black hair. It's like, okay, well, you're not going to be cutting that much of it. And have you cut any or want to go and learn, like, you know, some of the basic stuff is the same, get a model or two and, you know, start working on it and practice. And then once you get the feeling of the texture and working with the hair, then Mm -hmm. I can show you some more. But I really feel as though that what tends to happen is the dedication that's needed. So like you said, there are, there are a lot of us, but in, when you start to uh, compare the numbers, there's just, there's just not a lot. Because people can become comfortable in their little corners of the world. For example, like, so the conversation about, um, you know, working on black hair or uh, having diversity isn't really a question when you get down to Atlanta, down to Tyler Perry Studios. Right. 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 But they have an issue down there with consistency, with, you know, people showing up on time with you know, uh, uh, attitudes, uh, uh, or, uh, wanting to learn. So there's this whole thing about the wigs that's being used on one of, uh, one of the shows down there mm-hmm. and people in the know keep saying, how come he won't change the wigs? And he's even spoke to it saying, well, I got some of the best hair people from the ATL on it. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, those, those hair people are not the right people. Because you don't realize that it can look better, but everybody else does, right? Right. So 
then that's not even a, that's not even an issue of the diversity. So then you get the people who can do it, and then they won't want to go. They don't want to go and do the work. They don't want to do what they got to do to get inside the unions, the file of the. Uh, to fill the requirements to, no. to take care of it. And I'm going to tell you, um, the unions have like retirement benefits, health benefits, and all these things. And that a lot of times our people in the hair industry, no matter what color, you know, or what yeah. race, that they end up leaving because we don't get these things. Yes. Right? Well, I'm going to take this Absolutely. job at I'm going to go take this job at Con Edison because, you know, uh, I, they give me benefits and I just yep. had a baby. So I need to go and they stopped doing hair and they're talented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, this is definitely a pathway where uh, you could get that. So um, I think part of it has to do with skill, but it's more of a mindset. Like you said, that we went out, we sought out to find it, right? We Mm -hmm. sought out to find it. That same type of mentality is what's needed. Like you could be doing hair wonderfully. You could be a wonderful hairstylist, be able to work with all types of hair. And then you come on set and then it's a period piece. And they said, we need you to do the hair like this. Mm -hmm. And you're working with wigs. It's like, okay, Uh, I can work with wigs. But if you really can't take direction, right? Mm-hmm. If you can't take direction and you can't follow orders and it's a, you're working with a whole production, right? So with totally. just one little small piece, mm-hmm. right? But that's the thing that attracts me to it. I'm like, oh yeah, uh, I don't got to think about this uh, in uh, nine weeks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got to come back. I got to think about her coming back in nine weeks. Like, oh, my color faded. No, we're going to get the color looking right for the whole nine weeks. For the whole nine weeks, we're keeping it looking right. We're working right, on exactly. It. We're not worried <laughs> this about is fascinating. We're not, we're, you know what I mean? And then when it's done, we're done, right? Maybe I'll see you on another production or something like that. Um, so that's the thing that, that I'm, uh, that I get excited about. And also totally. um, the creativity. So behind the chair, you know, you could do trims and root retouch all day, every day. For like three weeks. And that little creative person that's in you can die unless you're seeking it out, unless Mm -hmm. you're going for it. You know, you're reaching for these things um, to make you creative. Like I was telling you before, I like when I little in our our conversation before, like being inspired, being Mm. enthralled, being drawn to something. Um, And that happens to a lot of us. Like that's one thing I realized. just doing education on a local level. By the time I I I was done in Massachusetts and Rhode Island, I had went to so many barbershops and salons. I'm like, well, people really do have talent, but mm. sometimes they get in their little corner of their little neighborhood and they just fizzle out. And oh, that is so I'd true. Telling, and I'd be telling them the simple stuff, like, you know, yeah, you can do that with that color. And they go, really? Are you sure? Like, yes. But you, and then I used to be like, well, social media will show you if you're following, but then social media only shows you what you want to see. Right. So mm-hmm. if you only want to see one thing, that's all you'll see all day and you'll never see it. It's being able to seek it out and go for it. So I think that's one of the qualities of the, of the person that's needed when they go for this, this type of work. 
like you first of all you need to be able to be to to be able to get along with people to work in a team to be mm-hmm. able to be uncomfortable and be new to be able to ah. be shown things to be taught and then on top of it be able to be behind a chair and be able to do the hair and be able to do the things right yeah. um yeah so uh, also what i find is interesting is that uh that a lot of us <laughs> we're already working in productions we're just not doing that we're working in productions <laughs> yeah. already like with social media like they're smaller productions but it's the same same type of atmosphere the lighting's so right real. the photos like right so now real. we're doing we're doing a, we're doing an art like this type of thing that we're doing right now 20 years ago was unheard of right like this is a press professional junket. sound guy <laughs> right we had to all be in the same room yeah right? we all would need a booth right and all the equipment and we could do this like this now but the same um the same uh, ideas in mind. So a lot of us are already doing it. It's just that sometimes when you, when, when people are faced with the opportunity uh, to do it a different way, it becomes like, oh, uh, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, oh my God, you're just going to go do hair. Like, what's the... <laughs> right. Because people are going to come in and they're going to say, this is how we want it to look. And they're going to have pictures. The biggest thing is also continuity, like being able to uh, keep the, the recreating. looks. Recreating the same look consistently. Because um, if you've seen a good movie, but then you say, hey, the hair mm-hmm. was a little different the last shot. Yeah, this continuity issue. Oh, um, my God. That drives me crazy, with, especially with, um, with regrowth. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Totally. <laughs> I'll be thinking that it's like a flashback or something like, wait, she has blonde hair and black roots, now? but in this one, she has all blonde hair. <laughs> 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 it's fascinating. It sounds so comforting to me too, that there, if you're working on set for something, there's a definitive end result that you're going for. And that you, like you said, you can learn to do that if it's not something that you're skilled in versus yes. in the salon, you're kind of trying to, please your guest with maybe something that's in their head, you know, that you can't quite visualize. Right. So it's nice that there is this like end goal. Agreed. Absolutely. And that's actually, our, that's our work too. When you be seeing that continuity, that shows that yeah. somebody's not really doing their job right. It's kind of, <laughs> kind of, it's kind of bad. I want to go back to something you said earlier, um, Corey, about it's, it's so true. It really just like stuck in my head about, especially when you're new to the industry, you might not necessarily have a like a reference of what's good and what's bad. And I feel like I see that a lot with new barbers or new hairdressers, where if you get into a place and, you know, the pay structure is kind of whack, there's no benefits, there's no nothing. Mm-hmm. They might not know that it could be any different. And um, right. yeah, like my husband's a barber and I don't, I don't want to put anywhere on blast that he's worked, but the beginning of his career, it was all places like that. And he never knew any different, you know, there's no, no days off, no benefits. It's a little bit commission. It's a little bit rental, but all the pros are for the owner and all the cons are for the barber. So it's, it's crazy how many people I see don't necessarily know how good something could be because they don't have that frame of reference. Yep. That's wild. It's it's pretty sad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially now, like, yeah. you know, with benefits and it's like so hard to get health insurance. Like that could be a whole separate hair industry 
discussion. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We, have, we may oh, need to have you back for that one too, <laughs> yeah. Corey, so you can help give us like another perspective on. I know. On we what already that need another like. Corey episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down for it. Good. Good. Um, okay, so I'm going to finish this up with like a really ridiculous question that I really want all of us to answer. If you could be on the hair team for any movie or show, what would it be? I'll go first. Black Panther 2. Ah! <laughs> Speaking of Camille uh, Friend, shout out. Like that yes. would be my dream life. Like I would... What, like Black Panther, I remember seeing it in the theater with my children and like we're super, like my whole family were like big fat nerd, you know, for Marvel, Star Wars, all the Lord of the Rings, all that shit. We're so about it. But like watching Black Panther and seeing all the incredible different styles of hair, whether it was braids, locks, twists, whether it was afros, whether it was like just like any of it. And then come to find out doing my nerd research, like there was not nary a hot comb or mm. like, you know, chemical on set, like blew my mind. Like that just blew my mind because with all of the amazing, you know, black film that has happened out there, there's generally somebody who has some sort of press in it. And not again, I'm not here to be mad at presses or relaxers or anything like that, right. but to just right. have natural hair celebrated in such an exciting and yeah. fucking incredible way. I mean, I, that's, I would, it was a toss up for a second between that and Bridgerton, but like Black Panther <laughs> wins out. Black Panther wins the out. The hair is so sure. good. Black Panther. It's so amazing. So what I'm going to say to you is, um, uh, Mahogany, uh, me and you need to talk so we can get you, if, if it's really a dream, y'all, is that something you want to do? Uh, maybe we can get you locked in for that. But um, uh, they're filming Black Panther 2 right now. So <laughs> you have to maybe Where get on Black Panther 3. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, Camille's in Atlanta now. They're, doing, they're filming Black Panther 2 right now. Oh, run. So go. next time you talk to her, just tell her if there's a weird... Uh, no, I'm, I'm a, I'm put you in contact with her. I'm gonna introduce her. she's really uh she's really approachable and will like she's she's the real deal Camille's pretty she's dope Camille's I might dope. actually so, throw up in my mouth a little bit let's go back to you guys so I don't like have a panic attack right here on this call um, <laughs> um so, let's go back to you guys so what would be the show or movie that you would just love to be a part of is it me or you Taylor you you go you go um so I'm a sci-fi, I'm a sci-fi kind of person. But I, like, I don't even pay attention to hair and makeup sometimes in movies unless it's like sci-fi. And I'm like, totally. Oh. So mine is like either Guardians of the Galaxy, which also Camille Friend worked on. I'm just like, man, she's done the, all the dope ones. Or um, either Guardians of the Galaxy or... Um, a show would be uh, even though I would be challenged and if it was still on TV was Game of Thrones like the hair in Game of Thrones was like but I would definitely be pushed to challenge like to to make that work but it's a lot of big work in Game of Thrones I think um, a homegirl's wig like she had a wig that was like a 
$200,000 wig. Okay, listeners, you can't see this, but all of our jaws just dropped and our eyebrows red, (laughs) like raised. Oh, (laughs) um, oh, this is what this is what I've learned. So the the wig and uh, so for um, Camille also worked on uh, this is almost like the Camille show. Camille also worked on um, on uh, what was the one with Jennifer Lawrence? The the Hunger Games. Hunger Games. Games. So wow, the first movie is Jennifer Lawrence's hair. She cut a hair for the Red Sparrow movie. Mm-hmm. So for the second movie, that's when Camille Friend worked on. And her wig was about $180,000. Wow. And people are yeah, tripping about the like wow. $1,700 that like, no. th- like that, it, that they might need to spend on their hair in order to have like a platinum blonde, a bunch yeah. of extensions, treatment, yeah. gorgeousness, like... I mean, yeah, Sabrina no. the Hair Witch was like called out for like posting like her her price transparency because um, she did. She posted a beautiful picture of a really long blonde hair and she put like $20 for this, $40 for mm-hmm. this, $250 for this. And then people aren't ready to hear it. Sometimes. People are not, <laughs> not ready to hear her $1,700. Good for her, though. Hair that she like that this person is going to wear not just for a movie, but like yeah. for their whole last life. And people right. are tripping about that. But my my God, Jennifer Lawrence and her like $180,000 wigs, like <laughs> never bother me again. Thank you, Corey. Now I feel like I, you've given the rest of us opportunity to raise our prices. <laughs> I instantly thought of in Mean Girls when they're talking about Regina George's hair. They yes. said, I hear it's insured for $10,000. And she was actually, that was a wig that she was wearing. Maybe yep. that was a joke about... uh what the wig was Maybe actually wig. insured for. <laughs> oh, okay, Taylor. It. Taylor, what okay. is your show? Like, what's your dream show of doing hair on? Well, the one I thought of immediately is more... Watch me say this, and then Corey's like, I worked on that. <laughs> <laughs> this one's a little more of, like, a disappointment I have. Um, like, where... you, you wish you could have done it better? Listen, so, you know how white men were about the joker when the joker came out so yes. that's how i feel about this new princess diana movie <laughs> like this uh, is my uh, yeah. i'm gonna be so annoying i'm obsessed already i haven't even it's not even out yet and i from what i've seen it does not seem like they nailed the hair for princess <laughs> diana and that is like the most visually iconic thing about her indeed and I don't know. I feel like I see teenagers on TikTok doing hair tutorials that are just like flawless, you know, Diana hair. Yes. And I was disappointed in the trailer when I saw that her hair is kind of giving us a little more like Ellen DeGeneres than Diana. And that would be my dream to just do a Princess Diana blowout on a wig. Um, (laughs) A little more simple. But I'm like, what if I say something shady? And Corey's like, oh, I know who did that. But you know what, Taylor? No, but, I don't think you're wrong. Here's, so here's the. Oh, sorry, Corey. Go ahead. I was just saying, like, I don't think you're wrong, Taylor. I really don't. I think that yeah. there is like, like I remember being a kid, getting up super early to watch Diane, Princess Diana get married. Like I watched <sighs> her. Hit, like I, it was. It, it, and and I'm not like a big royal fan. Like that's not my life. Me by either. It's just imagination, it's, it's her. Like, like cool. And her hair cool. is important, right? And yeah. Like, People, I love, I also love that we're having this conversation in and around this, this show, this movie, this idea, um, 
And like the rest of the world is just pissed that Kristen Stewart's playing <laughs> Princess Diana. And we're like, whatever. No, oh, her no. hair though. Like, I trust her. her. Hair, just, yeah. yeah. I trust her to play awkward, uncomfortable, very well, but yes. strong and like just doing her own thing. I, I trust Kristen to do that hardcore, but like her hair is off and somebody should, she needs you, Taylor. She does. She needs you. That's yes. I have my small round brushes ready. <laughs> Sorry, Corey, what were you finishing? <laughs> you know what? So. So here's the thing, Damoni. To um, no, I was round brushing with a very tiny round brush in my head. That was all. <laughs> you guys are crazy. I love you. Love you too. Can you get? We love you. Oh, you can't hear me. I was in. I was in a weird spot there for a minute. Okay. Uh, what I was. Gonna, what I was going to say is, um, that's really a testimony to our power, though, right? As hairdressers, because, like, I like. I'm. I'm looking for like the big sci-fi things, right? And I'm like, oh, I love. But you know what? Everything that we see had there was there was one of us involved with the production of it, whether it's a photo shoot. Um, an ad or a big movie, right? And it makes a difference. Like, we make a huge difference. And that's what's so funny is that a lot of us, at least myself, I never thought about it as a career path. Okay. Like, if, yeah, mm -hmm. I never thought about it like, you know what, I think. I think I want to go like, I'm just, I'm just consuming it. I'm consuming it. I'm mm -hmm. streaming stuff. Like always I'm a, like before all the streaming, I'm like going to the movies. is like one of my yeah. favorite pastimes, right? Back when we were kids, we used to go to 42nd street and go to like the, the uh, you know, the triple features, just sit in the movie theaters, like for like five hours, six hours. Right. And, uh, but I never thought about like working, doing hair for it and i thought maybe once or twice but never really thought about the impact and now i'm just like man that's kind of crazy like you said you're already looking at the trailers and like mm -hmm. her wigs off and guess what it, it takes away from the authenticity of the story yes i mean it takes, yeah when you were talking about like just the consistency and the like knowledge and that whole thought process. Like that was actually like, I watched Bridgerton in one old one day and I don't binge Same. like that anymore, but I sure <laughs> shit did. And yes, reggae Jean, he fine and all that. But like, that was not the only reason that I watched that show. Um, it was <laughs> definitely like Queen's hair. Like, are you playing with me? Yeah. Queen's hair. I was like, stop it. Who did this? Like, stop, rewind, go back. Like it added so much to her character. And it was, it was important that she had like Afro hair because she was a black queen. Right. Right. But right. also thinking about the time period. And yes, I realized Shonda reimagined the time period in a different way. And that's great. But like, I think that because like Queenie's pretty light skinned, she could have easily been a white passing character, but instead they enhanced her like natural texture, quote unquote, with these wigs that are just so like Afro yeah. and European, like a beautiful, yeah. a beautiful mix. And that like the hair in that show was a whole ass other character. Like there was mm -hmm. like a whole like that segment is so impactful and why that show is so uh, like, it, it feels real. Like 
we all can look back at those period pieces and know that like that is not how life was back then right well even like like my like my sci-fi joint the one of one of the ones the hunger games yes like the hair and the makeup like it's strikingly stark between poverty and the Mm -hmm. rich like you're like whoa these people got look at these what's up with these folks you know and it's just like just stunning so i don't know i'm excited about um uh getting involved with it um i wish that uh you know you know, things aren't the way that they are, but uh, they are headed in the right direction because we do have people like Camille Friend that's, you know, that's saying, you know, I've been here and I'm opening the door and I'm sharing and she's not doing like what some people do, which is like, you know, closing the door behind them, which right. doesn't, it doesn't. Not pulling it doesn't, up the ladder it, when she got to yeah, the top. Yeah. Because, because there's so much, there's enough for everybody right and that's that yeah. same mentality that happens uh in some of the barbershops and salons where so they feel like that you know every other barbershop and salon in the area is their their competition is like but not really like right. you can only cut so many heads like right. there's at least twenty thousand people that live in this area and you can't cut all their hair so they're yeah. not your competition they're your they're your colleagues you, you guys yes. should be like finding ways to 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 group together and create some type of uh great community but um that's a whole nother thing too but uh yeah so the hairdressing community and and the film and industry yes they do need still need a lot of work with more diversity um i think uh i think the it's especially the ones Netflix, Amazon, and these new ones that are getting into the film industry. They're kind of changing it up, and they're bringing they're bringing the the legality of hiring people involved with it. But uh, we kind of got to get on board too. Um, but at the same time, I just kind of want to end with this: that uh, just the other day, Camille and a bunch of people from the industry uh, posted about you know some of the injustices with the productions. So the big studios, they're the one that push the 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 long hours and the pay and all this yeah. stuff. And they're trying to get that a little bit more balanced as well as more representation and diversity. And if they do it right, they'll probably get it done, you know, awesome. uh, because they are a union, right? They are a union and, you know, they they can shut productions down. They can shut it down and there'll be no entertainment. <laughs> be watching old reruns of all in the family <laughs> good times if you can even find them <laughs> who's watching all in the family anymore good lord <laughs> so wait so wait so all i think about is well who was doing the hair back then like you know what i mean like oh now my mind like when i think about all this stuff i'm like wow all the stuff that we that you've watched has always been someone doing the hair and makeup and uh what was the representation and who was doing it. And so, but it's a, it's a big, it's a big, uh, it's a big playground to, to look at. I think you, you really, you really hit it. Um, And of course now I I can see this picture in my head and I can't find it. Um, When you said like, you know, who was doing the hair back then? Like Mm. there's actually a picture. And because you said good times too, there's a picture Uh of, um, and, all of the names are falling out of my head right now, except for one name, um, where the woman who the woman who played uh, Wallona 
is like uh, in the back picking out um, Florida's hair, right? Like you see yeah. her picking out the hair, like because there, so there are all these black people in this cast of all black people are like, it, and I'm not, I'm not saying that I know this to be true, but like it looks to me like they're all like doing they, each other's hair rather than having because, a hair and makeup person because, because it was it. the seventies and eighties, right? Like. Right. They didn't have that. So I'm so like when I think about where we are now, sometimes I think, you know, we can get really like frustrated because we don't necessarily think back on like what it has been and where it where it is now. And and not that I think we can utilize that necessarily as like a benchmark. Well, at least we are not doing like what we used to do, like it. But it right. does <laughs> give you a little bit more of like a, a push to continue to work towards something. And I think for me that that's, that's sometimes a hard thing to find. So this really helps me to, to um, have a little bit more reflection on, yes, we absolutely do need more like equity on set. We need to see more, you know, in, inclusive and really truly more like real diverse, not just like cutesy diverse, like diverse right. perspectives in the hair and makeup on, on movies and TV, because we are representing people, right? And we want to help these, not only are we helping the actors themselves to like get into the character, but we're also representing people that, that, that are underrepresented. So, yes. um, Corey props and thank you for like sharing your, your knowledge and, and your stories. Um, I, I, you know, I adore you every single day of my life. Like you're just like one of my favorite people on the planet and Taylor, <laughs> oh, right? Like Taylor, you are. Yeah, just thank like, you so much, Corey. This is totally. so great. I like, so I want to hear more though. <laughs> I want to hear everything. This is fascinating. I know. I'm like, mm -hmm, yes, we need a part more. two. And then well, I, I want to change my answer. Two. I want to change my answer to stranger things. <laughs> Now oh, that I've reflected. Oh, <laughs> no, I want to do Stranger Things. Okay, oh, that's maybe we can all do Stranger Things. <laughs> we can all do Stranger Things. <laughs> we'll, we'll just be like, hi, so none good. of us do makeup, but I, but we all are really good at hair. Or wait, yeah, Taylor, do you do makeup? <laughs> Taylor, or not well. Do you guys not do well. makeup? No, me neither. Okay, good deal. We'll need a makeup artist then. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank oh, you so, I'm, so much. Thank you so much, too. I was just going to say thank you, guys. I love you, too. And it was just a pleasure to, you know, talk and talk about this with you guys. I'd love to do it anytime. Just let awesome. me know. Awesome. Yay. Thanks, Corey. You have an awesome day and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to For All Hair Types. We hope you enjoyed this episode and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to support the show, please consider leaving us a rating and review or even sending it to a friend. Follow us on Instagram at For All Hair Types Pod. Do you have a hair story you'd like to share? Send it on over to For All Hair Types Podcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram. You can even leave us a voicemail at ForAllHairTypes.com. See you next time. For All Hair Types is created by Mahogany Plouts and Marcy Miguel Richards, produced by Taylor Lane.